Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh, good. Good, oh. good, 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 good. Here we are again. Yeah. What, what are the chances? Yeah. You know, yeah. what else am I going to do? What else am I going to do? Yeah, it's Monday. Yeah. It's well, fun day. It's, it's Monday, Monday fun day. day. What am I going to do? I'm going to watch Star Trek. I'm going to clean my bathroom. What am I going to do? I might as well make a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you might as well. You might as well. So we got to do the work. You do the work. You put in the hours. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just turned my levels down. I noticed I was peaking a little bit. My oh. uh, my little machine here lets me know when I'm peaking, and it told me it was t- told me I was peaking. So told I you you were peaking. You don't want to peak too early. No, that's right. That's right. I'm only 51. I don't want to peak too early. Oh God, really? You know, you need to really, <laughs> really stretch out the energies. Pacing it, pacing, pacing it out. Pacing it is so important. You need to drink There's, water. No. There's a long way to go before we sleep, you know what Oof. I mean? <laughs> if I'm lucky, am I right? <laughs> In this economy? In this... Oh. <sighs> I wrote down topics, but I'll talk about whatever you want. Oh, you wrote down topics. I love it when we started a show and you wrote down topics. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a secret. You don't need to know this. This is not... This is not... This all happens uh, well below your pay grade, but... Okay. I try to always have something uh, in my pocket... Yeah. In case we have nothing to talk about or uh-huh. our clinical depression makes it difficult to go on. Has this happened very many times? No. Have you have you employed in the what does it seem like a dozen years we've been doing the show? Have you have you ever oh, do you yeah. resort to that list very often? <laughs> so many times. Well, what's the deal with religion? Hey, oh, sure. <laughs> pavement sure is good. I have a whole bunch of these that'll just be really good conversation starters. What's the deal with religion? Hitler had some good ideas. Well, so what are you what are your what what notes have you got? I'm curious about this because, you know, I come in as a complete tabula rasa every time. Do you? Oh, that's so nice of you. A man of your age? Brain completely (laughs) blank. You just wipe that tablet clean every time, huh? Synapses barely firing. I've been up. I set my alarm. You know, it's it's 11.15 now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I set my alarm this morning for 10.55. (laughs) And that's that five minutes was enough time to pour a cup of coffee and... Come sit down, and then yes. you. And then I sat here waiting for you to call. Yes, I was like, he's he's texting me. Why isn't he calling me? And yeah. Finally, you were like, so you want to? Are we going to do this? Or and I was like, oh, yeah. I was sitting here. I was sitting Let me here. take people inside a little, little bit of behind the scenes. Is when John's ready. Yeah, you, you send me a text or a Skype message, and you say uh, the word beep, or sometimes I say, bep. I say beep or bep or, or bloop or, or boop or bloop. Yeah, and that means it's go time. It's go time, but I didn't do it this morning because yeah. at the time I'd only been awake five minutes. Now yes. I've been awake 20 minutes. Are you feeling more awake now? Than I was 10 minutes ago? Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Good. It's a, it's a, you know, like I've said before, if we did this show at, at, at four o'clock in the afternoon or if we did this show at 11 o'clock at night, what a different show. It would be. Mm, I suppose. I, I worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I'm saying this is the show. I don't, I don't want to do anything. No, Increasingly, I just more and more just literally don't want to do. I I would prefer not to do anything. Have you noticed this? Remember when the remember back when the hmm. quarantine first started? Oh yeah, I do. And it, it was fun. And all it, about wash your hands, wash your hands. It was nice, right? And yeah, and, and yeah. it was uh, it was back when all of the things uh, that I didn't want to do, I didn't have to do anymore. Yeah. And it was it felt so good. And now I'm noticing that all the things I don't want to do. Someone's come up with a way to do it on Zoom. <laughs> and also, the things that I didn't want to do that I used to get paid to do and still didn't want to do, now people want me to do it on Zoom and not pay me at all. Mm. It's been really a, 
That's a Zoom bad is very good exposure. It's good exposure, but it's also, you know, it's time to give back. That's what people are saying. Mm. It's time to give back. And when some, when people tell you it's time to give back, they usually are, are – the next thing they're going to say is we want you to do this thing for free. I'm getting paid, they say, because I'm organizing it, and that's yeah. that's hard work. You know? Yeah, orga- organization is work. Yeah, that's a job. But the, but the – anyway, so now I'm finding that I have to say no to people again – uh, which yeah. the which the original uh, the original like quarantine meant that you didn't have to say no you just had to say ah you know what I mean we we certainly have talked about this a lot and I'm glad we talked about it a lot because I think we're contributing to the discourse in, in a useful way I hope amongst our yes. our 75 listeners so um, but I would say and uh, I do I want to talk about how we're basically going to live through March again <laughs> but yeah. it, it, when this all really kicked off and I'm going to say early March when we suddenly went from zero to something um it, it I, I don't want to sound mawkish but no. the, the it almost felt like you know if you knew that somebody had just had a death in the family and and you knew that to a certainty you might reach out to them to say hey no reply necessary but I'm so sorry for what you're going through uh, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. This must be a terrible time. Let me know if I can do anything, right? right. The last thing you would do is say, you know, oh, can you can you go do this uh, benefit uh, for, for Paul Allen's, you know, uh, rock and roll collection or whatever. And it's, I get paid as the organizer of Paul Allen, but you, of course, will just be honored to, to get to talk about the, the presidents of the USA's coffee can or whatever. Right. It would be, you know what I mean? It would be so gross to say, and that's all notional, but it would be so gross to, in that at that time to go like, well... And we talked about this. We talked about how there was very much a feeling of, well, we're all in it together and we can do yes. this and et cetera, yes. et cetera. Yes. Um, I'm not going to shit on the cat here. I don't, I don't need to give you all these topics unless you, would you like to hear the topics? And then, then can we talk about my topic if we're going to talk? I'm, I'm very curious about, about the turn of phrase shit on the cat. I just literally made that up. This is what, so the ample time that I have doing my not work, I have plenty of time to think of colorful new things. Yeah, I don't want to shit on the cat either. But, I really but don't want to pro- shit on the cat. The, the prospect of anyone wanting to shit on the cat, you know what that is, Merlin? What? You've just coined a thing. You've coined a description of what of how I feel about other people's projects. It feels so often like the person <gasps> huh. is suggesting to me that I shit on a cat. And I'm like, why 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 this whole plan? Why would you whole, why would you want that? Why would you want that? Yeah. Your whole idea about like coming back from the quarantine, your new your new plan, the new thing that's getting built, the mm-hmm. way that you're talking to people, the way that people are talking to one another, it all feels like shitting on the cat. Mm. And that and it's what you've done is you've coined exactly uh you you have described my confusion. I'll tell you they what, thank you very much. They don't think they're shitting on the cat. They don't think that. They think that they're, I don't know what they think they're doing. They think doing. that's part of their job description is, is, is causing people to shit on cats, maybe. Yeah, and, I, and I'm just like, why, why? That's not a thing that we need. That's a, I love I yours. My, my, what, I, what I intend with mine, I, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give this, I'm going to put this out there. I don't need to make a nickel off of this. Oh, sure. Con- consider sure, sure. this something that I am committing to the public domain. All so, the great shows. All the, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no getting that back in the barn. Ooh, but um, when I think of shitting on the cat, one thing I think of is for sure, like, gosh, why would you want that? But like, also, like, if I shat on my cat, mm-hmm. now I got two problems. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got this fucking monstrosity of a cat that is, she's so repulsive right now. We're doing everything we can to deal with it. She's hating it. We're hating it. This is a bad time to own a Persian. She was always, she was always a bad 
a bad creature. <laughs> From the first time you sent me a photograph, I said, that's not a creature that should... That creature... Let like, it die. Just let it, it die. Wants to, it wants to die. <laughs> Any other time in history, uh -huh. it would already be dying. It was born wishing death upon itself. <laughs> it really... It had a rough life. Speak. It didn't help that it had a rough life and got bullied by the other cats. Nope, didn't And that it was basically living in a garage under a heat lamp and didn't was getting all, traumatized. That all its feet, all its teeth fell out. All didn't of its help. teeth fell out. Watching it eat is so horrifying. Watching her just look me dead in the eye while she pees on the floor. The whole thing, <laughs> the, the, whole, the, the, the horrific arching that she does right before she pees on the floor. Because she does, she looks like a very, very matted Star Wars creature. She looks like she lives on Tatooine. No, sorry. But, she looks like she lives on, uh, on uh, the Hoth. She looks like a Hoth cat. Right. But also, it's a Persian, so it shouldn't have ever grown that way in the first place. No! It's a little it's smashy face. a horrible genetic experiment long. gone awry. Anyway, so you're talking about not shitting on her. But if you had shat on her... If I shat on my cat, I shat on my cat. Now I got two problems, which is I still have this horrible cat, but also now I have to clean my own shit off of it. Right. What you don't have, though, yeah. is you don't need to take a shit anymore. So you did solve that problem. For a and while. For a while. And you didn't have to think about where. You were like, I got to take shit. And it also, so, I, I mean, gonna... if, if the cat's in motion, the cat has so much PTSD that if you just walk into a room with the cat, and the cat is so fucking stupid, I spend all of my time trying not to step on the cat. But the cat is so antsy and her impulses are so poor that she tends to step exactly where I'm about to try and get out of the way. Mm. And when I have less control over my gate at that point. Mm -hmm. When the house is quiet, do you ever hear her just... Just saying, kill me. She meows thirteen kill times in a row, <laughs> all night long. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you one quick demo. So this is about. Let's just let's just cut to say four twenty-five this morning. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so you can tell it starts with a very soft one because she's <clears throat> just kind of clearing her throat. She goes. Hur. So the first one is usually, Hur. and then here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then sometimes she works in my name. She goes, <laughs> usually about 13 times. And she does that kind of all night. Um, oh, she's no. such an angel. I love her so much. I uh, know. I know. I think, I think, we, know, I think we know what this topic should be, but I don't want to shit on the cat. I have uh, social distancing at the bar. Okay. Social distancing you. at the bar. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, ways to channel energy. Right. The topic of knives. Oh. And Nora Ephron's famous quote, uh, you should take notes because everything is copy. Oh, everything is copy. I was mm -hmm. thinking about that this morning. I, I was think like, about it a lot. I think about it was, a lot. There was some, you know, I had a thought a couple of days ago and I was like, oh, I can't forget that thought. That's one of those thoughts that I'll never forget. Right, right. And and I feel like, well, actually, I'm screwing up my own list here because now I got knives between channeling energy and copy. Channeling energy and everything is copy are related. That's a little bit of a heady, brainy topic. Uh, could, could we talk about the new March? Well, let me let me just describe to yes. you my, my current situation. Oh, please, please do. You, you know, this is all, again, these are all serving suggestions. None yeah, of this sure, is sure. including with included with the macaroni and cheese. You got to get sure. your own plate, your own fucking chives. Sure, sure, but the sure, plate, sure. the plate, whatever you put it on, it's your show. No, I wonder. I one hundred percent normally am not aware that you come in with any uh, preloaded cards. Although don't need them, don't need them, don't need them. I know you, I know you, and so I know that you do. But I also, I also pretend that I don't know. 
or I maybe I'm not not pretend. I forget. I forget every day that that yeah. you are Merlin Man. Oh, I forget thank you. that they're three by five. Well, cards you should never there. notice. You should never. You should huh. see the puppet, not the strings. Okay. That's exactly and, right. and here's another thing. This is what General Eisenhower said. He said something along the lines of, "This has been a very important thought technology in my life, John," hmm. which is that uh, uh, planning is everything, and the plan is nothing. Isn't that good? If you Isn't really, a lot of people are going to hear that and go, "Huh, that's that's cool. I should get that on, on a pillow, like live, laugh, love." But but the truth is, if you really think about it, it's true. If you plan well enough, you're and you get to a plan, you're always in a position to throw out the plan sure, because the plan of planning. Nothing. I was watching a movie last night with David Niven and uh, and, uh, <gasps> you and love Roger him. Roger Moore, and um, and at one point, there's a bunch of British guys sitting in a bar in Calcutta. In 1943 or something, and this someone so your shit, John. Someone mentions General Eisenhower, and everybody—it's just a brief, it's just a half a second in the film, just one beat. Someone in the you know on the radio says something about General General Eisenhower, and all these these uh, like colonial British Raj, like old men, kind of all roll their eyes, and it was just a it was just a like a beat, just a like a a diss of General Eisenhower in a movie made in 1980, and I was like. Wow, yeah. 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 Like a little bit of, oh, that guy, that kind of thing? Yeah, a little bit of like, oh, Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. Should have been Montgomery. Uh, what's My current situation yeah. is that uh, at the beginning, uh, in March, as you know, I, I returned from the Joko Cruise on March 10th. Wow, was that it, late, huh? Wow. Yeah, and it was at that point that, I mean, it was the day that our cruise ship docked, it was the it was the last cruise ship at sea and they, and they docked and they turned off the lights and everybody was fired. I went through the Fort Lauderdale airport, which, um, which was like a refugee camp. You know, it was all the people that had, uh, it was like a refugee camp, but from people for, or for, for people from Ohio that could afford to go on a cruise. <laughs> the Ohio refugees. I love that. That's AAA baseball, right? <laughs> they were they were all down there like ready to go on a cruise and all the cruises got canceled. And so they were all stuck in the Fort Lauderdale. There were people sleeping on the floor. And uh, as we walked through, uh, we cruisers, like our flights weren't canceled for some reason. We just got on the planes and flew home. But I remember I, I asked Amy Mann, do you think there's anyone in this airport that has coronavirus? Mm-hmm. And she said, absolutely. Yeah. And so I got on the plane. I came home, immediately went into quarantine. My family was already in quarantine here. About two weeks later, I felt a very heavy feeling in my chest. Very heavy. An unusual, unprecedented kind of feeling that my chest had a giant <clears throat> weight not on it, but within it. There was a weight like a within balloon? it. Like a heavy balloon? Some. Like something Dick, something like something, something Dick Cheney might feel. Something very ominous, okay. right? It wasn't, I mean, my chest wasn't congested. One of the things I where you had, go like, oh, this, this, is, this is not good. This is not good. Yeah, yeah. And I had a very, I had a dry cough. And oh, for shit. two days, I walked around. Nothing ever happened. I didn't have a fever. I didn't lose my sense of smell or taste, but for two days I had this extremely ominous feeling. And I was asking myself, is this, are you having an anxiety uh, feeling? Because you're right at the end of the 14 days since you were in the Fort Lauderdale airport and you're reading about coronavirus every day. Are you having some kind of, have you created a, a feeling? 
but I was trying desperately not to um, read anything into it. I was really just monitoring what was happening to me. Cough, cough, cough. Like, and oh, and a dry cough, but like big cough, like, like. But I, but it wasn't uh, the kind of cough like it's like sort of like you know when you realize that you're gonna vomit and you start to vomit and then you're like well. I better just go all the way fucking in on this and make it clear. I need to be yeah. done with this. That kind of cough where you're like, okay, I need to get this out. <laughs> oh, you know, that's that's big. very that's serious, John. That's a big cough. But not wet, you know. No. Well, the dry, dry is what we're looking for, not looking for. We don't want dry. That's bad. We don't want dry. And I not, produ- and, not productive know, as they say. Normally I normally, you know, my coughs are productive because as you can tell, I'm yes. phlegmatic, right? You don't you listen to the program, my- but we feature your cough in every episode of the show. It's got to be. It's so distinctive. It might as well get a service mark. But but, you know, I'm also I'm just made out of uh, I'm you know, you just generally I'm constructed out of wet parts. You know, I'm not Hmm. one of these people that's made out of dry parts. I'm not some Ichabod crane. Okay, I'm like made out of I've got all the you have like a sort of as George Harrison would say an inner moisture. Yeah, well, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's nice, actually. And yes. the, I'm just, if you if you made, if you went to Farrell's and you got the pig trough and you had every scoop of ice yeah. cream. I made a pig of myself at Farrell's. That's what the yeah. ribbon on my toy box said. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. If you made a man out of sh- uh, scoops of different kinds of ice cream, <laughs> yeah, ice that's cream me. man. Stop me when it passing by. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now. By visiting expressvpn.com slash supertrain. Now, listen, we all know that a VPN protects your privacy and your security online, right? You know this, yeah. But did you know that you can take your TV watching to the next level? You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. I did that. I've watched everything on Netflix. Some of it was good, but I wish there was more. Listen, uh, are you a fan of, let's say, maybe a certain two-hearted Time Lord? Well, try using ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on UK Netflix. Were you aware that this is something you can do? It's simple to do. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app. You change your location to the UK. Refresh Netflix and Bob's your uncle. Well, we didn't license that, so I shouldn't say that. Uh, see what happens is ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. Pretty sneaky, sis. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Do you love anime? Sure you do. You're on the internet. Well, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be, as they say, spirited away. <laughs> did you see what I did there? It's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu. BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason people use ExpressVPN to watch shows is it is ridiculously fast, there's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. This is very cool. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all of your devices, uh, your phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you happen to be. So please go right now, visit this special link. You go to expressvpn.com slash supertrain, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. You can support our show, you can watch what you want, and you can protect yourself by going to expressvpn.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Oh, on Sunday, coming up! 
so what I did after day two, I laid, I went down to, I went, I laid in bed and I slept for 18 hours and, uh, I woke up, you know, kind of like groggy, still felt terrible, went back to bed, slept through the night, woke up the next day and I was fine and I've been fine ever since. And the people here that I'm quarantining with, including my daughter, each had about a day where they stayed in bed all day. Oh, and it interesting. Felt like a day that you, I mean, you're in the middle of quarantine's boring, everybody, but it was like there was a day where each one of them kind of just like took a, took a bye day. Well, ever since then, we've wondered, now was that a was that a thing? Is that one of those? That John, John, I have about? I had a cough thing in February, and it was so bad. It, we opened an episode. Sometimes on back to work, we'll do a cold open of like some dumb thing I said or something. And there's one where I do this horrible cough, and it wasn't until a few weeks later that I basically said to the internet, "Hey, people, diagnose me. Is there a chance that I? Ha- or it might have been January. Is there mm-hmm. a chance I had the thing? Which at the time sounded crazy because we suppose supposedly it, nothing happened until February. Turns out. It was around longer than we thought. I had the same thought. I have wondered, did I have it and just not know it? Well, and San Francisco was an early hotbed, it turns out. Yes, correct. Like like, like yours, like you, where yeah. you live. Yeah, Yeah, except uh, like ours made it into the newspaper, but San Francisco had early outbreak even harder, but it didn't turn into one of these like the Seattle, you know, Seattle virus or whatever it was. It has so many names. Meneer calling it the Seattle flu. <laughs> <laughs> what does the 19 even mean? <laughs> but since then, since the time I got back, we went straight up three months without interacting with anybody. Yeah. Stayed home. But the one problem, the, 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 the weak link in our chain mail, the one piece of our chain mail that wasn't mithril, mm. that was just made out of regular, I don't know what, silver, aluminide. Mm-hmm was the little girl across the street. We've talked about this. Yeah. Little girl across the street. And and she has been a lifesaver because she and my little girl are 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 besties. And when the when it seems like the steam has built up so much, one of them or the other will go out into the street and they'll ride bikes and they'll be little girls and they have one another. And they can roam and play and I don't 100% trust the family across the street. That this is also are, the kid that sets off your devices. That means that, that sets family? off the devices. That's the family, and also the <clears throat> the older daughter is a furry. That's and a right. Okay. 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 Can, can you so give them? A, can you give them a redacted fictional name? This family, just for my own purposes. Let's call them the furries. The, the Moors. The Moors. Oh, like the Spanish uh, people. Yeah. Oh, no, the, you mean Moors as in M O O R E. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh that's nothing nothing like their real name. So stay on and, the street, stay out of the Moors. Okay, got it. And when and tomorrow when you mention it, I will forget that I said it. But we Moors, can we'll workshop it, yeah. Yeah. Um and then the the little kids up the street who are like four years old started to come out and play. And they would make like a little gang of kids like like you like you dream about having in a neighborhood. And I talked to the parents up there quite a bit. He's a he's an Alaska Airlines pilot. At first I found him a little off putting, but then as time went on, I, I grew to really like him. He's a nice guy, and he would do the thing where he would bring 
he would bring a, a plastic chair out to the to his you know to the to the street he would sit the chair down and he would sit there all day watching the kids play making sure that he's one of these guys that every time a car comes he's like that car's going too fast they need to slow down and then he <laughs> he eyeballs them and then he put out a sign that was like slow and then he's just like he's he's really really monitoring the speed of the cars that are driving through this like it's like a one man next door yeah, and the the cars are all going between 15 and 20 miles an hour, but he's like really, really serious about it. But he's out there all day, so he became kind of the neighborhood babysitter. He's like, I'm out here watching my kids, so... Oh, he's got eyes on everybody. Yeah. Not formally, he's a, but he's going to notice if there's some serious, dangerous shenanigans going on. That's right, and he's okay. an airline pilot, so you know he had to pass <laughs> some tests. So we had, a, we had a little period, a few months, where it was like, okay... I'm not meeting anybody. No, nobody I know is meeting anybody. We're staying away from my mom, and the little kids are playing, and the environment feels small and con- in an all connected, and it's safe. Well, when the quote unquote uh, return to normal began, we here in the house agreed, and within the Roderick larger enterprise. Uh, agreed with one another that <clears throat> there was no end. We were not lifting any kind of quarantine on ourselves. We weren't going to go to restaurants or movies. We had no at all faith in the story that things were getting better or the, all you had to do was read the newspaper. Things aren't getting better. There's no, there's no return to anything. It's yeah. still, it's just waiting for you. It's just waiting in the bushes. It put on a, it put on a funny hat Crouch down in the bushes. That's not when you go out in your underwear mm-hmm. to get the newspaper. No. So we were like, good. We're fine. We're just staying where we are. This is fine. It's yeah. hard. It's not It's not, not hard. It's, it sucks, but it's the only it thing to do. No fucking way so, are we going to do any of that shit. Just because the there's two different narratives about reality right now should not buoy people to believe I'll, I'll wait for my turn but like it just it does drive me crazy that the facts and evidence are so horrible and unrelenting even as we see so many instances of people saying well i don't know you know in for a penny in for a death cult i guess because we all just need to fucking die you know um well and the thing is like there are two different realities yeah. in the world today and i live firmly in one of them I do not believe that there was a basement to it's that. It's not piece tempting. Of it's the, the other well, reality is is as it's te- well, it's tempting nominally in the sense of like sure I wish my kid could go to school but no ah. fucking way am I tempted to, for that to that reality no way no well and the thing is I don't believe that nine eleven was an inside job either I don't believe that chemtrails are I don't really you know like the other reality is very identifiably bonkers at every level and just because there's I'm, two of them does not mean it comprises a debatable topic. That's exactly right. Anyway, so at the beginning of last week, one week ago, uh, I uh, I look over at my daughter at some point and I'm like, "Well, when's uh, when's your little friend coming over? When's the when's the when's the little Moor coming?" And she says, "Oh, she's at camp." <laughs> and I said, "What? Oh boy, what do you mean?" And she said, "Oh, she's going to YMCA camp now." This mm-hmm. summer. And I'm like, YMCA camp? That's open? 
And she was like, yeah, they opened YMCA camp, and that's where they are, both kids. Jesus Christ. And so I so I texted the, the dad, Mr. Moore, and I was, like, Moore, yeah. I was like, YMCA camp? And he said, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's only eight kids uh, per class, and uh, <laughs> they take their temperature every morning, <gasps> and they don't let them go out on the playground, <sighs> and I'm sure that it's uh, fine and safe. Oh, and I was like... God. Well, what it is is eight different kids per class. So that's 16 kids because you have two kids. 16 kids whose parents also, for whatever reason, are sending their kids to Y camp. And so now I have 16 families that I'm quarantined with. Now you've kissed every one of them. Right. Because they're kids. They're licking each other. And they come home, they lick each other. It's what kids do. It's just a bunch of little fucking vectors yeah. of all... Listen, no shade, no lemonade. I don't want to be a dick about this, but no. it does really feel to me um, that one of the one of the problems is that our, our arithmetic on how this stuff works is so poor. And when you say things like, oh, it's only this many people, or it's only this. Well, like, what do we know? We know the factor of setting aside the mask thing, but we know that, well, masks are better than no masks. We know outside is better than inside. And we know that short is better than long. We know there's all kinds of things like that. And there are some of these things where like, you know, if you've got two of those things, if you've got none of those things, there's still no guarantee that you're safe. But right. even one of those things is all that it takes. And it's so it's so frustrating and ignorant when people overlook how this actually spreads. It's, you know, it's like Donald Rumsfeld said, you know, we need to be right every time and uh, they only need to be right once. And and when you put eight people in a room together or whatever, and you have this social distancing sauce, you're slathering all over everything like that fucking mm. means anything. Mm. You, and you do that over and over. You're bringing whatever that their exposure was into that room and potentially mm. passing it to others. And then guess what? They go redistribute to somewhere else. They go to a second location. And we know well, you shouldn't be doing that. And mm -mm. so you're taking it home. Same thing with Tulsa, with the Tulsa rally, right? Mm, People Tulsa from rally. 40 different, I believe it was 40 different counties, uh, obviously including and outside of Tulsa, but 40 different counties had come to that rally, that massive 6,200 person rally. But then we saw, you saw rises in, I believe, 30 out of those 40 counties. Uh, now, maybe wow. that's, maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe it's, sure. you know, but, sure. but in each, every time, oh, every time you get close to another person, for any period of time. And then, so here's the part. Here's the Darwin part. I fucking hate this. I hate that I'm saying this out loud. But, like, if you had a sexual partner, let's leave the gender out of it. Like, let's say you had a sexual partner and they're they're pretty fun, wild person. And you're, like, very attracted to them, partly out of their wildness. And you say, well, should we use a condom? And they go, oh, man, I never use a condom. Don't worry. We don't need to use a condom. That is such a red flag to me. Like, in the same way that, yeah, I want you all wearing masks, whether or not it's 100% effective. Yeah, play along with me. Do the theater of wearing a face covering because it shows that you're trying. If you if your first sexual encounter with a stranger, you say, don't worry, no condom here, never needed it, never had one. That's a huge red, is that not a huge red flag? Right? And so all the people who are so enthusiastic about throwing themselves upon the gears of this disease by going out and getting a cocktail with 12 of their friends are not making the best decisions. They're all not making the best decisions. What does that make them? Red huh. flags. Every huh. one of those people is now somebody who is unnecessarily exposed and just going, okay, whatever. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? That sounds so mean oh. to say, and I'm, I hope that's not horribly classist or something, because mm. I know different people need to do different things. But the people making the poorest decisions are the people mm. who are now most likely to give it to other people who are making right. poor decisions. And guess what? What do we mm. know about them? They make mm. poor decisions. So now they're going to go out and do likewise. Mm-hmm. It's the, the arithmetic mm. is so simple, and yet we keep looking at it as if we don't want to do this uh, you know, cafeteria Catholicism about what we're going to do to break this thing. And it's, we have all these asterisks and ifs, ands, or buts, and it's fucking mm-hmm. mental. Mm-hmm. So the Moors. Well, so... In a, uh, <laughs> Did you put the kibosh? You put the kibosh on the Moors? Well, so I had to say, yeah, you guys can't play together because I don't want to get coronavirus, and I don't want it in our house, and I don't anymore feel there, uh, that I have any ability I don't even want to worry that I'm going to get coronavirus because they're not uh-huh. following the protocol. Well, and we're in quarantine. quarantine. And so uh, so we're either in it or we're not. We're not half in it. And if you guys are playing together, we're not in it. And I didn't decide that. And uh, so I don't want that decision made by uh, old uh, Mr. Moore across the street on our behalf because he thinks that it's fine. And so now we yeah. had to introduce this situation where the one thing that was making quarantine tolerable for anybody, which was that these little girls could go ride their bikes, is now off the table. Now they're both, they're both denied that now. And they're both absolutely, like, ruined by it. Mm-hmm. The little girl across the street, little Moore girl says, I don't even want to go to camp. But that's not – at some point I said to him, like, like there's got to be another way. And he was like, well, they can come over to your house all day. Now, here's the thing about Mr. Moore. He doesn't have to go to work. He is a flight instructor, and nobody is using his services right now. Okay. So he just wants the kids out of the house of so that he can play, I don't know, what he does, honestly. It'd be um, funny if it turned out he's just really good at Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> I think he probably is, because he's a gamer. He plays games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I said to him at one point, like, and he and then he said, uh, well, I'll pay you the 120 bucks a week or whatever I'm paying the Y. If you, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're like, your solution to this is that that your daughter comes in and lives at my house all, all, all week? <laughs> your judgment is seeming worse and worse with every turn. So think it through. <sighs> so now the kids are uh, now because what, what happens is the little girl comes home from camp, gets on her bike and rides back and forth in front of our house looking at the front door. And we can see her from inside. She rides up the street and looks at our house. She turns around somewhere. She rides back and looks at our house. Because her friend is inside. Her her friend, my little daughter, who also is in the house looking out the window wanting to play with her. But additionally, now, the little girl, uh, little Moore girl, rides up to the end of the street where the other little kids are playing and dad up there who sits in the plastic chair is selling his house and he's lost his, his eyes off the ball. So he's not sitting in the plastic chair anymore. Uh, now the little girl's mom is out there. She doesn't bring the chair. She just kind of comes and, and paces around, but the mom is not holding the, she's not holding the Moors accountable. So all the kids are playing together except my daughter. So all of a sudden, now it's you're a the punishment. Bad I'm the yeah. bad guy. It's a punishment on my kid. Yeah. So I look at this situation, and I, and I start talking to the adults in my family. And I go, I don't want to get coronavirus. 
But what that means is that I have to keep my daughter inside for the whole summer. Yeah. And they have started, the other adults have started to say things like, well, that's just not doable. Oh God. And I'm like, well, I know it's not doable, but at every, at every stage of this, you have to come back to, you're either in quarantine or you're not, you can't be half in quarantine. And if you're out of it a little, you're out of it. And all of your masks. You start over. You start over. Start over. You but lose, all, you lose the, like, all your accumulated game points. There are no saves in this particular game. You have to go, like I say, it's shoots and ladders. You got to go all the way back to the fucking beginning and start over. But so all the ladies in my family, they are, they're super good when they go out. They have their masks on. They do their social distancing. They are extremely careful. My mom hasn't been into a store in four months now. <sighs> but all of it is like is meaningless because our daughter goes out down to the end of the block. Those kids all sneeze on each other. And then she comes home and jumps on my lap and goes, let me show you what I learned today. Achoo. Uh So, and it's not even an achoo. It's not even an achoo kind of cold. It doesn't, it doesn't doesn't even, it doesn't need that. So that's where I'm at, Merlin. I'm sitting here. That's where you are now. I'm testifying to you on this day in June, Uh 2020, that, and the thing is, you and I, at, at, the, at, the, at the middle age that we are, assuming a person lives to be 110. <laughs> I'm definitely you and not. I, I'm definitely older than middle age. There's no way I'm going to live that long, but I'll take it. Thank you. You and I, right in the middle. Of <laughs> I'm a, looking a forward to my early death. <laughs> of a 110-year lifespan. And we're what I like to think of as cusp uh, people. because we're cu- the, we're cuspers. The, yeah, the virus affects old people uh, more than young people. And the, we're in terms right of a, like the lethality. The lethality yeah. of it, right? A lot of the people that die are still are still over 65. But we're on the cusp, you and I. I could get the disease. I could have had it back in March and it was a two-day thing and I slept for 18 hours and I was over it. Or I could get it and spend three weeks in ICU and die. Mm-hmm. And because there's no testing in this country without, uh, without getting like a, like a concealed carry permit, I don't have the ability to just run down and figure out whether I had it or not. And even if I knew that I did have it, it wouldn't be a guarantee that I didn't get it again. I don't know. I know. None of us know. So here I am. So here you are. Um, Here I am. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what to go up and tell my daughter right now. I know. I know. Well, so to 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 to, the, to this point. Okay. So I wasn't. This is, this is a new idea, but something I was talking to Dan about is um, how partly because I'm a cusper and an old man, I have really come to believe this is unrelated but related. Um, I've really come to believe in setting timers, and given that we have a any number of devices where I can set a timer with my voice. I, I've often said, hey, you know, you young people, God love you, start getting in the habit of writing things down, of setting timers, of doing these things, because even if you think you're good at it now, you're going to get less good at it over time. And I don't mean to be shaking my finger or, or you know, waving my fist at a cloud, but it's just a way to say that, like, once you realize how easy it is, for example, to set a timer, um, there's no need to ever forget and overcook the pasta again. There is literally no excuse. All you have to do is say, hey, Dongus set an eight-minute pasta timer or whatever, and it'll remind you. And I, I get kind of fired up about this because people are always like, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, don't need, I, don't need any, I don't need any help with my life. 
And so the, the challenge that I pose to our listeners, and I don't think anybody did this, but I would challenge any of our listeners to try this for fun. Here's the game. The game is this. It's called the eight-minute game. And what's going to happen is that you're, you're so good at remembering how long eight minutes is. What I would like you to do right now is set a timer that you can't see and you're not allowed to look at a clock. And you have to go do what you would normally do for exactly eight minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And if you look at the timer or a clock before eight minutes has passed, you have to start over. Make sense so far? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I want you to do this and see how close you get without cheating to knowing exactly how long eight minutes is. Understanding that each time you get it wrong, it has to start over until you get it. Let's even say within five, five, ten seconds. What is eight minutes? Because here's what's going to happen. First of all, you're going to be wrong, but maybe more importantly, you're going to forget that you were ever tracking eight minutes. Hmm. And you just keep starting this over until your life is basically gone. So that's kind of how I feel with quarantine, which is, is not done until it is really, really done. If you just peek out a little bit, you start over. That's, that's how this works. The same way that I think you should have to wear a t-shirt with your tattoo idea on it for one solid year before you're allowed to get it. If you like it that much, why not wear a shirt for a year? Well, in this case, you know, start over, start over, start over. So that's been my, my thought on this is that like, like they used to say in the say no to drugs days, you know, not even once. Like if you've got to do stuff that gives you some exposure, you've got to do what you've got to do whether it's for your job or for your shopping for groceries or whatever it is, that's, that's fine. But like you need a practically wartime comportment or approach that you're going to say like, I, this is all I'm going to be taken care of until it's done for everybody. You know, and we're such a big country and we have such, you know, sort of tribal ideas about our, our groups and our communities. And if it's nice and sunny outside, it must be okay to go outside. No, this thing travels. Just because it's not in where you are right this second doesn't mean you can let up. You could be saving one person's life. Even just, what if you, what if you, you, you may not even know how many people's lives you've saved just because of what you and your family are doing. It's so important to do that. Mm -hmm. That's the preamble. The reason I say this feels like the new March, I can speak a little bit more uh, openly about this. I don't like to talk about my plans, but no. um, we've had for a long time, we had plans to do something we love to do, which is my favorite vacation is an in-state vacation where you drive somewhere. It's just so oh. much easier. You don't have to fly, but you can also make it fun. So for months, we would had a plan for spring break, late March 2020 is that we're going to get a get a cool rental car. We're going to drive down south. We'll stop what, at the Now what's a, what's a cool rental car? Oh, often like in the, like a like a small SUV, but something that's got car play that's fun to be in. That's like mm -hmm. real roomy, like we've got a Jetta wagon. It's it's a little cramped for something like that and we don't really want to put miles on the tires. So you rent a car, you drive down. Guess what? First night you stop at the Madonna Inn. On the way oh, there. yeah. That's a good time up there in San Luis Obispo. Oh, shit, dog. And <clears throat> we've been there once before. I love the restaurant there. I love the food. The whole place is so bananas. Go look up Madonna Inn, everybody. It's a delight. And guess what? We were able to get the room we've always wanted. The one with the cupola where you can climb up into a tower and it's got its own balcony. I would, Just for the fucking Madonna Inn alone, I was so pumped for Madonna Inn. And then guess what? You drive down. You spend... You're going to... This is our blowout big vacation this year. We're going to spend two nights at Disneyland on property, had it all planned. We Whoa. bought the passes. We bought oh. the super passes. The oh. car was reserved. We had already reserved, go and make your own lightsaber. We had done, all, everything was, everything was set up. 
And I was, for once in my fucking life, really looking forward to this trip because I hate traveling. Um, but this is, I mean, this is a four quadrant, big titted hit of a vacation for me. Uh-huh. We don't take a lot of vacations. It's very difficult between school and especially my wife's work. But anyway, you get the idea. Yeah. So then that's February. Everything's squared away. We turn the corner into March. My friend John Roderick is, I'm sure, at this point, dying on a ship somewhere mm-hmm. at sea. Mm-hmm. But there was that there was that few days where we went from everything will probably be fine to like I want to say within a week it went to holy shit. Um, uh, some of us are realizing we need to take this very seriously. So why is it like early March? Because I actually had this grave conversation with my uh, my wife where I was like. You know, on the one hand, it, I think we need to start thinking about w- whether this can happen as a trip. Mm-hmm. And really, we need to start thinking about whether it should happen as a trip. But it was early enough that I also could footnote that with, ha, wouldn't it be, be funny if we did go and like there was nobody there? We had the whole park to ourselves. And oh my God, if we were like <laughs> the only people in Disneyland, how great would that be? <laughs> and I, I mean, that's that was our early March conversation. As, as, Late as early March, we were like, maybe we will still go to Disneyland. Wow. Okay, so then what happened? Another week or two passes by. And we're, at this point, we are well and truly into the, like, the school School is closed. My wife is working from home. Everything is locked down. Um, it's when we finally, thank God, our governor and our mayor were ahead of this. And it helped a lot in places where it could be helped. But then it was not it was not a question. And of course, a lot of the policies at that time, companies were cool enough to say like, hey, look, you know, no, no, uh, no harm, no foul. You can cancel or delay in most cases. You can reschedule, et cetera. And so we did that and we stayed really locked down. That was three months ago. Huh. So then in our area, things have been looking up. And, you know, it's almost like the thing we said, I can't believe I haven't gotten sick in so long. And then you get sick the next day. You jinx yeah. yourself. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So there's a place near... Um, our home in my office that is a uh, a bar that's been open for a little while, but not too long before the lockdown, not more than six months. And like everybody else, they got closed down. So what happened then was um, a lot. What had last, happened? What had happened was in the and happened was in the last couple of weeks, more places have been opening. Um, I mean, obviously, we've, for a while now, we've had things where you can like go pick something up at a counter and things like that. We've had that, but like you know, play, you're like hopeful that these places can stay alive and that place did like you know pick up a cocktail or pick up a meal they had like bar food and stuff like that but right in the last two weeks like a lot of places in san francisco they were getting ready to reopen and this place very near our house you've been past it many times they um they 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 put out some tables and they put out some heating lamps and they put out a whole bunch of stuff and (laughs) basically colonized the sidewalk i guess that's legal now um, and cause usually in San Francisco, if you want to take a shit, you need a permit, but they, oh yeah, but this is a thing. It's a thing of trying to yeah, like, we're rapidly reopen. We're going to relax, yeah, right. <laughs> relax the rules as you'll see mm-hmm. in a second, as you saw. And so basically they said, Hey, cool. Hey, everybody come out. You know, it's going to be very safe and socially distanced and like, it's all outside. They, they also made like this little, I don't, I don't know if you have these there where like you can make like a park sort of in part of the street. Oh yeah. Yeah. A parklet. Yeah, right. And you, and so this all happened very quickly. On the one hand, I was like, wow, that's cool. Good for them. I hope they can stay alive. So why does it feel like early March? Because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, someday last week, there was a day last week, 
and this is something my household watches so closely, it's when shit really blew up, especially with Arizona and Florida, and things were really going up, up, up. And now, even in, in California, Riverside, Los Angeles, even Contra, Contra Costa, Sacramento, you're seeing more and more of this growth. Yeah, what's going on with that? I thought that the governor was good there and that you guys shut it all down. <clears throat> um, Where's I, that growth I, coming I, from? I need to track this down, but it's my understanding that two of the biggest spikes – well, there's a ton of spikes still in the L.A., general Southern California area. Um, I don't know exactly why that happened. It is It is it has been explained to me that there were huge outbreaks at some prisons and some meatpacking places yeah, and that that contributed a lot to that number. San Francisco is like – you know, knock on everything pretty good, not least because we've got the finances. Like we've got most, most people in San Francisco have a job that they can do from home. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's total privilege that we're able to do that. But anyhow, so what happened? We, I, I said, Hey, check it out. That place. They, when we're, I said, when we're feeling ready for it, like, wouldn't it be kind of fun to go there early, like maybe even in the early afternoon and like mm-hmm. go sit outside in the sun before it gets super cold here in, you know, in the summertime? Wouldn't it be nice get to just go nachos. and like, yeah, what they have good, like they have pretty good, like chicken wings and stuff. And we could also go and get an old fashioned and it'd be fun. We'd be outside and it would be safe. And I had put it on the calendar that we're going to have early dinner at that place this past Friday night. And then, um, and then those numbers went way up, and it was March all over again because I said, I said to Madeline, um, it all happened in the space of like 15 minutes on this morning, I think Thursday morning, where I was like, um, I don't know about going there for dinner. I also should mention that we have reserved a small RV to take a trip to um, – it doesn't matter where, somewhere close. But we would be getting in a little RV and basically going somewhere. And we thought, okay, one night we'll sleep in the crappy RV. One night we'll stay at a hotel or a cabin, etc. That's been our our first thing we do, leaving the house. We go somewhere safe. And why is it early March? Because all of those plans in the space of like 20 minutes suddenly seemed farcical again. I'm not saying they ever weren't necessarily farcical. Bad on us for even probably thinking we could do this. But I was like, no, Port Collis is coming way the fuck down. We're going all the way back in. Shame on me for thinking we're even anywhere near done with this. What the fuck was I thinking? So that was last week. It was at the, uh, it doesn't matter, but let's just say I, I, uh, I noticed that uh, that particular restaurant and bar was generating quite a lot of noise. There's a lot of people there kind of mm-hmm. yelling and screaming. <clears throat> and I yelling. did a thing. Oh, yeah, no, no. We Well, and so we'll, we'll, I would like you in a moment to describe what I sent you. So I did that thing. I'm not going to post this publicly, and don't don't be creepy. But I did take a photo, and I, I uh, sent it to a couple people, including you. So can you describe um, Sunday afternoon at that place in the photo I sent you? What we see here, I'm seeing... Um, it's outside. It's outside. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine people, seven men and two women, as far as I can tell. They are all sitting around beer barrels that have been turned into tables. There are two of those heat, uh, those outdoor heat. Like heater mushrooms? Are they they six feet apart and wearing uh, masks, John? They are all wearing black, interestingly. Mm. Uh, Most of them in black jeans, black, black shirts. They are all just, oh. The great thing about it is that a, a handful of them are wearing masks on their body. They, they all have the masks. They're hooked to their ears and they're all pulled down under their chins. <laughs> so they're, they're all. How, how close are they, John? 
There's like five of them wearing masks, and they're just right on top of each other. They're, they're sitting, so on top of each other. Yeah, they're just sitting with each other like it would be like they were just having a party or they just got off work having some drinks. Yeah, and then and then they, what, do, what do we know? What what did I hear for an hour? <laughs> like you get sick so from the singing in the other. choir, the yelling. You're basically spitting potentially spitting virus into the air for multiple people. They all, they're all around this tiny fucking table. And I thought to myself, I've never felt stupider that I thought this was a thing that I wanted to do as of last week. Well, and the, I love that they're wearing masks, but well, they they're have wearing them, masks on their body, but not on their have face under their chins. I mean, that's not very comfortable. It's like taping a vitamin to your head. Yeah. That's really that's not strange. the pathway. Now I've been thinking about, because, you know, I like a road trip. And so I've been asking a lot of people uh, that question that I guess I always ask people, which is like, how many states have you been to? Like, mm -hmm. have you ever driven across the United States? I've been everywhere, what's man. Your, yeah. What's your favorite place? You've been to Alabama, yeah. Tuscaloosa? Oklahoma City looks mighty pretty. And um, Amarillo, Gallup, New Mexico, Blackstaff, you know, Arizona. Get, don't forget. <laughs> you get kind of surprising answers from people because uh, sometimes you think of people that are pretty well traveled and it turns out that they've only been to a handful of states on the coasts, right? Yeah. They've never been to the, they've never been to the, never seen like the world's largest ball of string or something. Never seen any of that, but also never been to Minnesota, you know, like, like big states that have shit going on, right? Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul can be very, very lovely. It's a nice place. Yeah. yeah. It's very, it's very Seattle like, you know, yeah. who do I know lives there? I want to say Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy and Bill Corbett both oh, live yeah, there. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, boy, some of the just beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, but also, I'm not going to pick a favorite. They're both they're both beautiful cities. Oh, between Minneapolis you, and St. Well, Paul. Well, you don't want to get involved in that. Woof. My cousin Paige lives in St. Paul. Um, Everybody says that's the better one. You know, that's, well, you know, you can't, it's hard. To, it's not, you know, nice neighborhoods. Yes. St. Paul has nice neighborhoods. Good, good little hotel. That's where public radio comes from. Yes, that is where public radio comes from. Anyway, so uh, in, uh, you know, I asked my sister who's been, she's been everywhere, man, but she's only mm. been to what, like 29 states. And she's, she's been, been to a lot of countries, different countries though, right? A lot of countries, but mm -hmm. also she's driven from Colorado to Alaska and back probably 30 times. A thing that, uh, you know, that, that still boggles me. She's been up and down through Canada, uh, like like so much that she knows like uh, from gas station to gas station, like, oh, the next gas station is only 40 minutes from here type of thing wow. in a place that, you know, where you can't, you, you can look to the horizon in every direction, but she's only been to, you know, less than 30 states. And so I've been thinking, well, this is a great opportunity to do a road trip where mm -hmm. the point is the road trip, not, um, not that you're going anyplace. The trip, not the destination. Yeah, we're we're all going to get in the family truckster. We're going to drive. Uh, we're going to drive out to Wally World, but the park's closed. Sorry, the folks. Out front Sorry, folks. Told you, right? And I then, love him so much. And, and then he rides the roller around. coaster with him. You turn like around him. and you go back, or you go yeah. back by a different route. Yeah, and you do all those American, those wonderful American truckster uh, things. Like you look out the window at things. You're like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Look at you, that, you, kids. Uh, you almost have sex with Christy Brinkley. Well, it depends. You know, okay. is she going to live in an uptown after, world? <laughs> pass me in a in a Ferrari uh, three hundred eight or whatever that is. Mm. 
Uh, and so I've been thinking. Audrey, Audrey, can I help you with that, please? <laughs> I've been thinking about this. Like, uh-huh. is this a doable thing? Can I do a thing where the goal, because there's a goal, and the goal is to get more states for my sister and for my daughter's mother to to rack up states. Because, listen, I don't count if you land in Atlanta airport and take a tram no, to the other gate. that does not count. That does not that count. doesn't count, right? No. You can't say you've been to Georgia. So getting those states, and there's no better way to get a state than to drive into it, drive across it, and drive out of it. And spend the night in a hotel. And you're, let's be clear here. Around. You are you are by and large in your own little bubble. In your bubble. And you can pay you for get, gas like right yep. at the thing. You keep washing your hands, deodorizing, all of the deodorizing. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Why am I having a brain fart? A- antiperspirating. Antiperspirizing, yes. Mm-hmm. But you're in a bubble. John's bubble. Yeah. Sanitizing. Sanitizing. Uh, and, you know, you get your hotels in advance via some sort of online platform. I'm sure you arrive, you put on a mask, you walk in, you're like, ah, I got a room. You stand 10 feet from the desk. They give it to you. You go upstairs. If you're Merlin or Dan, you immediately put the remote control in a plastic bag. Yeah. Uh, if you're me, you throw the the weird hairy accent pillow on the oh god the John. far corner. Get that pillow off of there. Do you know how many people have come in that coffee maker? I don't want so no. many Germans have have know. finished in your beverage maker. No, thank you. Octu Lieber. It all gets unplugged and put in the corner. Also, Nine. then immediately I call down to the front desk and yeah. say, I forgot to ask that all the bedding be de-feathered. Yeah. And so I always forget to do this. And now I hope you have foam pillows. But again, like we're learning. I mean, like oh, it's, fun, it's fun. But like we're learning also that, yeah, there, there is a risk from – it's the being inside, I believe, that's the bigger risk than the surface Stuff. Well, that's but the you problem should not be touching too. those surfaces in, with what with sex. That's the problem with sex. Being inside is a lot more dangerous than being, being inside honest. is more dangerous. You're, but you should still wear a mask. Uh, well, it depends. I mean, if they're into, if they're into it, are you a furry? Well, it depends. But like, it depends. Maybe you're the COVID bottom, and you 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 like want, want them to use the hole in the sheet. I think if you're having sex with somebody mm. and you're both wearing masks, yes. it's still not enough. It's still not enough. Your your noses are too close together. It's Even, not anonymous. But it's it's less anonymous. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is you're tri- you're going through you're going state to state, station I to station. I think you could. I think you could do it. I, I think, think you, you could, could too. I think it's doable, and you might not yeah. die. If you pull into the parking lot at the uh, at the the Mount Rushmore, and you look around, there are too many people walking around. You can say, "Well, everybody, we can't get out because of all these people walking around." But there it is. And then my daughter's going to say. That's Mount Rushmore. Where's Martin Luther King? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, well, yeah. that's on the other Mount Rushmore. And she's going to go, hmm, all right. And she'll accept that. <laughs> a segregated Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that's the other Mount Rushmore. That's uh-huh. down. That's going to be down by the Sitting Bull statue when oh, they yeah. get that thing done in 2,500. What's the really big one? Crazy Horse? Is it Crazy Horse? That's oh, it's Crazy one? Horse. That's what I meant. It's not but that's, that's, that's a really big one, right? It's so big. I've been to it a couple of times. Now. Did they ever finish it? No, it's so far from being finished. We had a Polish-American friend of my grandparents who was very proud of the fact that that guy was uh, was, was a Polish man that made that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he worked on it. It's one of these like crazy things, kind of like Mount Rushmore. He worked yeah. on it until he died, and then a, then a consortium of other weirdos took over. I was there a couple of times when they were – well, I've been there twice, and two times. So I guess both times I've been there, they uh, were blasting, and you can sit down in the visitor center, and they, they sound a siren – and everybody goes over to the window and looks up, and then 
and they blow a big bunch of rocks in the air and you're Holy like, oh, crap. exciting, but it's far away from where you are. So uh-huh. it's like, well, there it is. It's going to be something when it's done. As described, John, this sounds doable. It does. but <laughs> it, it sounds, but it sounds doable. What it requires is an awful lot of buy-in from everybody, right? And, uh, and then the... Like the primary buy-in is, um, here we are in a day driving, and somebody says, uh, "I want to get out. Uh, I'm so bored. I can't be in this car for another second." <laughs> mm-hmm. And I go, "Well, let's turn on the radio. Let's play a game. Like, look over there. Do you see that? That's Punch the ballest. That's the world's ballest uh, ballest yarn of, 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 of rope." And and they go, can we go look at it? And I'm like, nope, can't look at it. Too many people in the parking lot. There it having is having another neurological event. There it is. Oh, look, it's the. I probably shouldn't the, drive. It's the Fetropide Porous. Oh, and look at that. Like, I want to. Can I get out? And it's, it's like the no, most cracker barrel Bob Evans that ever did shopping mall. And for me, for me, as somebody who has routinely driven ten hours a day, <laughs> staring out the window with one hand on the wheel and one hand on my imagination. Tiller. Oh, that's so nice. Just, just yes. like, just, just floating through the stars. Till it. One hand on the tiller. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind being in a car for eight hours a day and just looking out. Mm-hmm. But I know other people. Not for everybody. There's, there's one thing I know: it's other people. And every kid, every like, kid gets pretty fidgety after a while, even if they got a little thing to play with. And but then, you, you don't know, want to be playing. Don't you? It's like me with this. Like, can you just put down TikTok for one goddamn minute and watch yeah. a fifteen-minute movie called Meshes of the Afternoon? That's very upsetting. Put down the TikTok and watch oh. the TV like a person. Yeah, watch a TV like a person. Or in my case, <sighs> keep away from look the TikTok, out the John. Oof. <laughs> look out the window and do what I used to do, which was when I was a kid, which was imagine that I was being chased by spies on motorcycles. <gasps> for me, it was Dracula's. How were Dracula's chasing you? Any way they wanted, they can drive. Uh, oh, blah, blah. Get out of the passing was, lane. Blah. For me, it was motorcycles on either side of the car, and they would ex- like one guy would excel, and they all the, the the guys had masks on, like they were members of Spectre. Okay, and a guy would come up alongside the car, and and the guy that was holding on to 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 him around the waist would put out his pistol with the oh, and pointed at me like and it. then they would hit a culvert or they would this is a little bit of like a like a, i want to say like a skyfall this is a little bit like a james bond pursued by people on motorcycles type situation yes and okay. the way that it happens in movies where you're being pursued by a seeming an impossible number 10 different people on motorcycles and they get picked off one by one yeah, yeah like yeah. you know it's like any kind of air air battle where the the plane like goes into a canyon and flies over it's like the firefox where the it, he flies over here and one of the jets chasing him hits a hits a tree and then Oh you're saying jet. you do like a Han Solo and you turn your pancake sideways to go between the mountains Exactly yeah boo kachow or it could be an alleyway and still it knocks the wings off your bird for sure and when you're driving fast, yeah. even if you're on flat ground and on, on either side, it's just like plenty of room for a motorcycle assassin to get up next to you. Yeah. There's always going to be something, a street sign, uh, the, uh, like an access oh, you road. Could, you could use it to your advantage. Well, a lot of times I, the motorcycle would, the motorcycles would use those, those culverts or whatever to jump and get big air. And I would be imagining them in the air, like getting big air. You got it. You do and, have to prepare for that, mm-hmm. but then they have to land, you know, yeah. and that a lot of times the guy on the back will get bounced off. I would sit and imagine this motorcycle chase 
and uh, for I don't know hours, just staring out the window. Motorcycles <laughs> on both sides, and I'm in the back, and I'm not shooting at them because no, I'm, but you're ready. You're ready. I'm ready, and I've, I do have. They're counting on you not being ready. They're counting on you not having gone through this scenario in your head for years, thousands of times. Right. You've been preparing Absolutely. for this for your entire adult life. There's. Often in my life, there are these problems where people are complaining about something and I go, well, just imagine that you're being chased by motorcycles and they go, huh? And then I'm, then I realize not not everybody's doing that. When people ask me like, they're like, oh, I can't go to sleep at night. And I go, well, what do you think about as you're going to sleep? And uh, the last time I had this conversation, they were like images. Hmm. And I'm like, what kind of images? Oh, you know, just images, weird images like a giraffe with wings and Mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm like, Hmm. no, giraffe with wings. Uh, you know, what I do is I imagine uh, an adventure, and it's an adventure where intrinsic to the adventure is that you go uh, more and more uh, into the depths of the adventure, and the depths actually are sleep. I mean, you're like, uh-huh. you're putting Dick Cheney in a in a shipping container, and it involves a certain amount of like... Uh, you got to work out the details. This is a this is a common tenet in uh, self hypnosis and sleep. Uh, trying to work on your sleep, which is it involves levels. Like levels. if you're doing self hypnosis, you say like whatever works for you that's not scary for you. But it could be something like imagine yourself slowly walking down more and more flights of steps, and every step that you take is getting you deeper. You know that kind of thing. It's so yeah. in this case though, your it's adventures all the way down for you. Well, and that's where the whole Dick Cheney shipping container came from. Really? Which was like, I've got all this Dick Cheney stuff in my head all the time. What I need to do is take it underground into a labyrinth that I've created out of shipping containers (laughs) where all of these people are going to be in Just to be clear, it's my understanding. He's he's just the marquee character that folks might know. He is by no means going to be alone, except in as much as he will be very alone. But he won't know how close he is to so many other war criminals, like you get a Kissinger, for example. Lawrence Eagleburger is in the shipping container right next to him, but they 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 can't know. There's dirt in between them, so when they're pounding on the walls, going "Let me out of here!" They the other guy can't even hear. He doesn't even know he's there. As the television just shows a constantly repeating <laughs> but slightly edited version of all of his speeches back to him for hours at a time. Anyway, he sounds like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> All of those, all of those things, uh, all of those images, all were a product of me trying to work out a maze that I would go down into, and I had lots of little things I had to take care of. Mm-hmm. Like, how was I going to make this bed slightly mm-hmm. trapezoidal? It's one of those things where you really do want to plan ahead because the, the more options that you have for, let's be honest, like systematic years-long gaslighting. You, yeah. Your planning of that is going to be so critical. How will the food be delivered? How will it be slightly yeah. poisoned with LSD? How will the walls move? If these walls move, is that going to move Kissinger's wall? These are all things you need to think through, right? And the thing is, the bed has to be designed to change shape. Yeah. In, but not in know, a way that's obvious. Not in a way that's obvious. And that means all of the sheets and bedding also has to be cut slightly, I'm talking about just like micrometers, off of square so that it's square relative to the bed. And by the time I'm thinking about all this stuff and I'm like, and I've got all these checklists, I'm asleep already. Oh, right? see, like, that's good. Basically you just bore yourself to sleep, but also bore yourself with a super exciting project. Okay. And I, and I explained this to my daughter and she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, don't count sheep, right. count all the sheep that are going to be necessary to torture Dick Cheney into insanity. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, 
that's not how I, my brain works. And I'm like, look, if you're being chased by motorcycles, so obvious you she has eat. not even tried it. She's not even no, trying. She's it. tried it. But if you're being chased by motorcycles, you can drive for eight hours mm-hmm. and you don't even notice the passage of time. Mm-hmm. Except when you come back to consciousness briefly in order to see the world's ballast large of twine. Yeah. <laughs> or the, just for, the only, the only stuckies. It has another stuckies inside of it. The, it's the truck uh-huh. stop. It's the truck stop where you can get a uh, like a uh, like a satin jacket and CBD oil mm-hmm. made with a picture of your truck on the back on site. On site. On there's, site. While you wait, you go and get yourself a porterhouse while they make you a satin jacket with you and your truck on it. Like a, a like a state fair embroidery machine in a oh, truck stop oh. in Indiana somewhere. Whoa! And I've seen it. In, put a, put that on the list. Eyes. Put that on the list, John. That, that the, the next next the twinest string of ball you should definitely go to that i was like I, it was three o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. i said to the man i said to the man are you trying to tempt me mm-hmm. because i come from the land of plenty and he was like oh yeah. right, so right, right. and i said this giant embroidery machine over here with these satin jackets uh, like in silver and green and gold. I can finally get that. Uh, I can get that jacket that um, Ryan, what's his name, has in Drive with the cool scorpion on it. That's it. That's it. Oh and shit, I, dog! And I said to the man, "When does this open?" And he's like, "Doesn't open until eight in the morning." And it, mm. and it's a huge. It's a huge station. It took up. It took up a giant. But like space one of those, like truck. the truck stops. It's got showers and stuff like that. Probably. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. Exactly like the whole, that like kind. the whole suite, the facility. You can sleep here. You can eat here. You can get a that's handy right. here, and you can get a universe. scorpion jacket with your with your with your truck on it. There's that thing where there's a sign that says truckers, truckers only, only pass this point and you look yeah. up the hall and you're like, what's going on in there? Mm-hmm. And all the trucks have stickers that say no lot lizards. And, and you, and so then, then this, this embroidery <laughs> no machine, lot lizards. they have, they have example jackets hanging all around oh, it God. and you can go in with a picture of your truck or your Camaro or your daughter's face mm-hmm. and they will embroider it while you wait on the back of a satin jacket. Did you get your old lady on there? You could get your old lady. You could get your dead uh, younger brother with the like. You could, could you get the jacket keys. in memorial of, of of your brother? You absolutely could. Oh, shit. But they also most of the ones that I saw had a tractor trailer that was like, this is my this is my Peterbilt and hmm. it and this is how it's customized. There are many like you know, it, but this one is mine. That's right. It's the Peterbilt Creed. And so after, and I made up, I made a, I made a, I planted a flag in my head. I planted a flag in the mental Google maps yeah. right here yes. at this place in Indiana. Of course. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like everything is content or everything is copy. Yeah. I said to myself, I don't need to write down these coordinates because I will be back here and I will know when I am within a hundred miles of this place, I'll know. And I didn't. Oh, write that's it. your eight minute test. It'll, it'll speak to you like a passport. That's right, but it's oh. never happened in all the years since then. In Fuck. twenty years of searching for this embroidery machine in this one truck stop in Indiana, I never saw it again. It's time. Well, this is it. Maybe you're saying you're saying get chased by motorcycles all the way across the country until I get well, to Indiana. It's, it's not. It's not my circus. Not my motorcycles. It, but it sounds like what you were what you were moving toward here is to say it's still not time yet for the trip right what's your feeling like given given our previous last uh, minute uh, or rather hour and eight minutes of, of talking about these precautions um 
how do you, as you sit here today, how do you feel about getting in a car and uh, doing some punch buggy on the road with motorcycles chasing you? How do you feel about it, that today? It's it's June 29th, which I cannot believe. If Fucking you had asked unbelievable. Me, if you had asked me at the start of this program, <sighs> I would have said it was June 10th. Yeah. Somehow it's June 29th. I don't know how that's possible. And yet it's always 3 p.m. I don't know why it's always 3 p.m. now. It does seem like 3 p.m. all the time. What yeah. is that about? I never I, thought it's, about it. It's, I've, I've joked about this with some friends, and every single person I've mentioned it to says the same thing. To where – well, there are two things that I say to my family every day. I text them every day, and I say, how is it already 3 o'clock? And right. the other one is, oh, my God, it's 6.30. It feels like 9.15. For me, the, the 3 p.m.ness about it is mm-hmm. like it's too late to start something new. But so you but dropped three hours. I feel like I've dropped three to four hours every day, and I don't know where it fell. It's it's too late to start something new, but it's not dinner time yet. Ugh. <laughs> and you don't do edibles, so that sucks. So it's, no. so it's June 29th. Yeah. In order to drive across the country, in order to find this the embroidery truck stop, in order to uh, see the world's tallest ball of wine, I need to what? Have a plan? I mean, if it were up to me, I would just go off of this show right now, out into the garage, turn the car on, and start driving. I'm but the wrong I, person to ask about this because you know me, and you know what is what is the t- the first T-shirt you ever designed for me in your head? Um, dr- uh, guided by fear, driven by fear. <laughs> well, you noted very early on how fearful uh-huh. I am. I am fearful. I have loss aversion. And driven I, by fear. Dr- do, boom, dun, dun, boom. Dun. Driven by fear. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Uh, the problem here for me is like, for example, you know, what comes straight to mind for me. This is the thing that I've heard called chain worrying, where one worry turns into another worry and goes off like a spider web. For example, uh, a, re- a recent time that my um, usually we go as a, as a group to visit our relatives in gold country. But in this last visit, um, my wife and daughter went there. So they drive out 80. You know, you go is way, way, way east of here. And um, I forgot what was it that happened? It might have been the check engine light. Something happened where the car died. Like just basically within view of the Bay Bridge, but like before, well before like Vallejo, even like mm-hmm. you you could see San Francisco and Oakland. So like, and they're on the side of the road on fucking eighty, where I mean, I don't even like being on eighty, but it's just and they're on a shoulder on the side of the road. My kid is terrified. The car has died. We got to call AAA. Thank God for AAA Super or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did have to like sit on the side of the road and deal with that for a while. What does that have to do with this? Mm. Or like, for example, you in the RV, right? That one time. Like, you know what I really super don't want right now is to be mm-hmm. stuck three counties from home in a vehicle that doesn't move and need to deal with that. Oh. There's so many interactions with people I do not want to have that would be required by a vehicle in a very normal, wholesome American way, just dying. Because that's what vehicles do sometimes. You get a flat or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, that, that's one of my first things that comes to mind. It's like, what if I'm like John? What if I'm like my wife? Like, what if I? What if we're stuck somewhere? And like, I just now my mind is really cascading with the possibilities. It would just be no fun for you to be. You know, it's like that song that 500 miles away from home. It's a very sad song. Yes. What if you were closer than you could have realized to the embroidery truck stop, but but then your your uh, your vehicle gave out, and now you're stuck there. You can't get the jacket. You can't get home. You got a kid who wants to ride a bike with that more kid. See, we talked about this a long time ago, I think, and it was uh, I, one time on tour many years ago, driving in the night, 
uh, uh, the band was in one of those things where it's it's just us on this in this space capsule hurtling through space. Planet Earth is blue. There's nothing I can yeah, do. That's right. And it's just us. It's just this tight little group of dudes and we're sharing our intimate secrets. And I was like, you know, I don't know what happened, but we were talking about like our greatest fears and what are we, you know, what are the things that are the scariest things in the world to us? And a drummer of the band at the time, Michael Schilling said, my greatest fear is running out of gas on a dark country road. And and I was ready to say, what? And then Sean said, me too. That's my greatest fear, running out of gas at night on a dark country road where you can't see a light. Oh, so you're like, you're in pitch black. And you're just out on a country road and you're out of gas. What do you do? And you run the car until the battery dies. And from, And as I was listening to them, I was like thinking, just trying to make a, just trying to compile a short list of the number of times I had run out of gas <laughs> in the middle of the night on a dark road where you couldn't see a light because I just, because I'm a bipolar person and I drive until the car runs out of gas yeah. because of some reason. I don't, re- I don't even remember why. And I couldn't, I mean, I was at, I was, ca- I was at 10 counting the number of times that that had happened to me and I hadn't even gotten to the nineties. You know, it was just a thing where I was like, yeah. run out of gas on a country road. You're more of a buried alive kind of guy, right? Yeah, sort of. I don't like being buried alive at all. Mm-hmm. You'd prefer like, not to. That is one of the... I don't like having my breath denied me under any See, this is why I don't wear a mask. If you're just like... Pfft. <laughs> 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 